Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen. As always on Friday, Andy Molitor here, and we need all the help we can get. We weave in a third man, especially for baseball season. Matthew, how was the beginning of baseball season yesterday? Oh, well, it was fun. Uh, it's a little bit odd that, you know, Major League Baseball didn't want to nationally televise any of their games except for one yesterday. You, you'd think a, a league trying to market themselves might want to do that, but uh, had some, some of those rotating games on the MLB network. And then, of course, my White Sox uh, came away with a big-time win on, on, I guess, not Sunday Night Baseball, Thursday Night Baseball in Houston. So it was a lot of fun for me. How about you guys? Did you guys watch? That was about the – I mean, like I said, that one was – Andy, we didn't win Houston most runs. No, no, no. Houston most runs did not come through. Although I I went to Bet US and as I've lamented about numerous times, I cannot bet very much there anymore. My limits are low on a lot of things, but I found a bunch of fun baseball props and I made ones where it's just like, will any game have at least 18, 17 runs? Will any game have at least uh, 19 runs? Will any game have at least I think 21 was the highest I went. I'm, I didn't even check if that one cashed, along with the, the Houston most runs. But, like, there was a couple games that got up there. We had a 19, a couple 19s. I don't think I got the 21. But uh, I, think I didn't catch Nukes' Phillies game had a ton of runs. I don't know if we got the 21, but it was, like, 11 to 7 or something like that. Yeah, there that one was on eight. Orioles, 18. Red Sox, we got the 19, 10 to 9 there. Yeah, we got a, we got a few of them dumb props home, but I just I just went with that sort of stuff. Had some fun, bet some K props. There was a lot of uh, stolen bases. Yes, uh, anybody saw that in the preseason? What do you call it? Spring training. There was more stolen bases than we'd ever seen before. And after you do your two, you know, pitches, pitches, pickoff moves, basically that guy has carte blanche to yeah. Um, I'm going to take an extra step here. You literally can't throw to first base. Like the so only way you can, bulk... you can step off the mound though. Right. So if you can, like if the, if say if the runner's on first and you know, you've used your two pickoffs and he goes, I can step off and throw a second. Correct. That's you can throw a second, but yeah, you have to assume like the ball could go from second to first or catcher to first. Yeah faster than that guy could get back so that guy can take some nasty leads so that was uh that was super fun there's a lot of pressure on the the team to kind of figure out you know figure out how to manage pickoff moves i think once you make one you kind of have to really lay off and unless you really think you can get a guy which is nice i i mean noobs i think will agree with me like some of these things that take forever when the guy steps out of the box under times or anything that makes baseball games just tedious and untenable is awful. And one of them is like seven straight pickoff moves. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, it's a late. I get and it. There's, it's a there's late not a pitch thrown in 30 seconds or like three minutes because yeah. been off, throw over, walk, step off, throw over. And it's like, dude, like just come on, throw a pitch. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I get it. If it's like, hey, it's a high leverage game, it's late. 
and the guy's you know staring and then he picks off and picks up and like that sucks so i was a big fan of the the way the rule changes so far has been implemented i know it's only been 15 games of 2430 but i like the pitch clock i like the pace and yeah baseball's back twins white Sox, uh atop the Time to central. central andy suck it, a hell of a race already suck it <laughs> cleveland so yeah, yeah rope, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Fading them again tonight, too. This is good. We're robo-umps away from perfection. I'll let you know. Once I go, I'm going to go view a bunch of – I'm going to go to a bunch of minor league games and just play um, how did the robo-umps play. Because you can't watch a lot of that on TV. I think you really have to go to the yeah. game. What's, do you, you have any get, minor like league an games Emma. near you, Noobs? You have the Lehigh Valley, I think. Isn't that a thing? Yeah, we have a couple of them. The uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs and then the Redding Phillies. That's, that's such a great name the best Iron part pigs. about minor league is the is the great names so after i made fun of european basketball names i love fun names just not if you're uh not if you're from europe there. sorry Giannis. <laughs> I, yeah I, I ruined Giannis too he's like Giannis is not winning the mvp anymore it's uh it is for sure what noob said a two-man race but let's not gamble on some stuff. yesterday yeah speaking of people with stupid names hockey Hockey has a lot of wild names because it is heavy on the Europeans, especially some Eastern Europeans. And so I like the, I always like simple ones like clutter, the clutter bucks of the world. It's a nice. I feel like clutter buck is not the most simple name. I mean, that is. Out, it's so a, a lot of hard. A, simple name. a lot of clutter. Like it's easy, easy for me. Either way. Well, uh, what, what's on tap for a Friday night in the NHL? Uh, as per usual, we got a pretty small slate, uh, only one pick. I didn't really like a whole lot of the stuff. And I mean, as you wind down to the end of the season here, I think the numbers obviously get, get deeper and sharper. Uh, so, so just one pick here. I don't love the team exactly, but I really do like the value and like who they're going up against Detroit as well. They, they played last night, which makes me a little bit nervous about betting them. But they beat uh, in their last two games the Carolina Hurricanes, who are bona fide Stanley Cup contender. They beat the, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins pretty good. Who are not really, I don't think they're going to be a Cup contender, but they're a playoff team uh, and a solid opponent. Uh, going up to uh, up to Winnipeg to play the Jets, who are you know really been just been pretty bad down the stretch in their last two games. They, they've lost to the Sharks and the Ducks, who are two teams uh, competing in, in the bad for Bedard sweepstakes. Cost four to one and three to nothing. I think it is. They, uh, they're really not playing all that well at hockey here down the stretch. They're in a bit of a playoff push still, but they're, they're just they're playing very very badly. I like Detroit here in this spot playing some good hockey. Really at that value, a two to one for how these two teams are playing. I think there's too much to pass up on. Um, other than that, you got the the Stars and the Coyotes. I thought about laying uh, the one and a half with Dallas to, uh, over Arizona, who's another team tanking. Uh, at plus one weight, but don't really like the value there. Dallas is just playing okay. Uh, Calgary and Andy's Canucks are both too unpredictable. And I wanted to take an over uh, in in Rangers and Sabers tonight. I have to bet Buffalo on here above. They're a team that scores a ton of goals, lets up a lot of goals. But the Rangers played last night, and, and I'm not I'm not too confident taking it over on a team that's uh, on the second end of a back to back. And that also went from minus one fifteen at about eight o'clock this morning to minus one thirty at about nine this morning. I'm uh, not really sure why that jumped so quickly and so high, but I just it's it's something I'm gonna stay away from. It sounded good at the beginning. I lost you guys uh, thank you. in there. You're welcome. I don't I don't even know if I'm on. Like my streamyard froze. You're frozen. It's actually it's it's a, it's a very me? good fro yeah, I can hear you, but it's just a nice frozen pose for you. You look good. Wild wildly annoying. Fun today, folks. Is, uh, when 
Like, get it, get it together, Chrome. All right, Friday, I think Friday fuckery. You're happy back now. Wrestle, happy WrestleMania. Yeah, WrestleMania Final Four. <laughs> Let's do a little. Uh, Dan, get us the WrestleMania bet here, like you did the. Do you know who's going to win WrestleMania? Gave out a, yeah, that's. Dan, Dan, Dan gave us a Royal Rumble winner. I think he can give us a WrestleMania winner as well. Little, little, a little early for that sort of stuff, but uh, no, we'll uh, bet on uh, we'll bet on the NBA. How many games are left? I feel like some teams have five or six. We're kind of getting right down there. <sighs> really bad harbinger last night. You know my nice Timberwolves hat. I have that new dog. He's still young. He's only five months old, Lenny. Uh, he chewed. He likes the. I, I don't have it on this hat, but the, you know, the plastic things the, on the snapback hats. He I loves those. Destroyed my Timberwolves hat. And like once that once that plastic thing's gone, the hat's shit. I threw it away. I'm pissed. You can't wear it. Not only did I like the hat, but I bought it at the stadium, which means it had like a 300 percent markup. That was like you know, it's like a fifty dollar goddamn hat. So expensive dog toy. I'm, I'm very calm and forgiving. That's what happens when you have a puppy. You're going to lose things. Our first beagle ate a pair of Ray-Bans like the first day my wife brought them home. Ugh, like she went to, went to Sunglass Hut and, you know, just ate a very expensive, not really, but an expensive enough to be very mad at the dog. This is what happens when you get puppies. So bad omen. And then boom, Nasreed out forever. So Timberwolves are done. So that's your dog's fault. Maybe not playing champs. That sucks. Nas Reed was really playing well. So that stinks. But uh, nice size slate, like you mentioned yesterday. Kind of going, avoiding the days. And I, I know I give Dan shit about this because it was the NIT. The point wasn't to avoid the NIT. The point was to have a ton of games on Friday rather than Thursday so you can afford to take Saturday off. And there is a massive slate of games today. I think everybody plays. I'm not going to fact check that, but I think every single basketball team in the world. I'm no, I, I will not accept your head shaking. Almost every team. Uh, there's like 12 damn games, so it's a it's a big day. It's like 12, and it's 13. still like I, I get it that people it's work a lot of games, and you're gonna get just screwed on the TV ratings if you do this. But man, I have a noon game when you have this many games. Like, give me a two o'clock. Give me I, one of the games that doesn't like make a game that doesn't matter fun for us like give me detroit houston at 2 p.m those teams don't give a shit if they're playing at 2 p.m that's that should be your punishment for being bad i would <laughs> i would love to watch a middle of the afternoon nba game today but such is life nothing starts till 7 p.m all the way up till 10 30 p.m eastern but big slate of games and i'm sure we're gambling what do you got <laughs> had that thought by the way and now that i look at it, it lines up perfectly what you do andy is magic wizards at noon Bulls, oh. Hornets at like 1.30. You put Knicks, Cavs on like – if try to find a way to sneak that on ESPN at like 3 o'clock. The Garden loves that early start time. And they just roll through the rest of the day because, yes, almost every team is playing. We have 13 entire games. Yes, Kevin, I know that COVID was terrible, but the bubble oh, was Oh, the awesome. bubble was so the fun. The bubble was the best. <laughs> Noon games all the time. Yes. Just, oh, multiple basketball. But again, a lot to go through. And again, I'll quickly kind of touch on the games I didn't bet. There was three that I did. Um, Oklahoma City, Indiana, the Thunder, two and a half point favorites on the road. Hard to back them as road favorites, but the Pacers have really shut it down here. No Halliburton, no Duarte. Again, um, 
Miles Turner, it looks like he's questionable, so I have to skip out on that one, but I do lean to Oklahoma City. Uh, the Raptors play my Philadelphia 76ers. As always, we don't know who's playing in Philadelphia tonight. Could be hard, could be Embiid, could be neither, so can't touch that game. Dan's Atlanta Hawks, one-and-a-half-point favorites in Brooklyn, the totally gigantic 240, and um, as my model tends to do, it likes unders in Hawks games. It's a bad idea. Just leave that one alone. Um, don't hate the, the Nets, honestly, as dogs at home. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Knicks. Again, this is a perfect 330 game. Everyone would watch this freaking game at 3 330 on a Friday. Um, number looks just about right to me. Thought maybe about an under there, but uh, possibly no Jared Allen, and the Knicks have pushed pace, so um, we'll pass on that one. Uh, Jazz Celtics, the Jazz are 13 and a half point underdogs. I have them as like nine and a half point underdogs. Should be a bad rest spot for Boston, but I- I'm just not betting that. It's so hard to make heads or tails of what's going on with some of these games. And um, you've got the Clippers, they're six and a half point underdogs in Memphis. I need to see what the Clippers injury report shakes out to be. I, I kind of like them there. Your Minnesota Timberwolves, Andy, one point favorites over the Lakers. Should be a great game. Um, could be a play in championship preview, possibly. So, Keep your eyes on that. That'll be a lot of fun. All the numbers look right there. Kings, 14-point favorites in Portland. Should probably be 20-point favorites, but again, I'm just not about that life. Um, The Warriors, 17.5-point favorites against the Spurs. This is another one that um, I show a pretty big edge on, but I'm just not betting the Spurs on the road. And then the Nuggets, plus 9.5 in Phoenix. Don't get too excited. It looks like no one's going to be playing for Denver. Um, But the three games I did bet out of the other uh, 10 or so. Your Chicago Bulls, Matt, I think that they do win this game in Charlotte, but I have no idea why they're 10-point favorites on the road to a Hornets team that is kind of locked into their position here. You know, this is the time of the year. Everyone's worried about tanking. You take a quick look at the standings. The Hornets are about six or seven games ahead of the third-worst record, about six or seven games behind the team there. Somehow they fall into kind of this weird middle that no one else is sitting in at 26 wins. Again, 19 below them, 32 or so above so uh, they've been playing some nice basketball have won their last three games and i think that there's a great way for them to keep this game close the chicago bulls team that um hasn't really blown out bad teams this year loves playing a slower pace in a game that should be an under just too many points for me so give me the hornets plus 10 the magic wizards i think under 225 still available here yes i'm looking at 225 right now just expecting kind of a slow, ugly game here. The Wizards without Bradley Beal played at a much slower pace. The shooting efficiency is down. Kyle Kuzma is out, who is arguably their most important player, especially offensively here. The Magic, a really fun young team. We've enjoyed them all year. And um, although they're playing some good basketball, uh, still have struggled to find ways to score the ball. I had this closer to 220 myself, so I like this 225. And then another bad team, the Detroit Pistons, uh, go to visit the Houston Rockets. And I grabbed five and a half. This seemed pretty solid, five and a half but it looks like somebody's coming in. They want to lay points with the Rockets at home. Um, It's up to six and a half right now. There is no reason on earth for either one of these teams to really be trying to do anything. This is a game that is, you know, kind of going to decide, I think, who gets the number one versus number two slot, which, again, doesn't really matter. Once you have one of the three worst records, you have all the same chance of getting the first pick. And in what should be an ugly basketball game, I, I don't think either team should be a big favorite here. So uh, maybe something happened to the Pistons here that I don't know about. But as far as I'm concerned, as long as they've got a couple of their big men out there and Jade and Ivy playing, which, again, all were clean on the injury report this morning. I had this game closer to you know, two or three, basically, whatever you think. Houston's home court advantages. So give me the Pistons plus five and a half. So two stinky teams and an under. Let's have some Friday fuckery. I like the Hornets. The Bulls have been playing kind of better lately, but like you said, they're never very good against bad teams. And 
the Hornets are actually playing pretty well. This is a very, very easily could be a game that sneaks up on the Bulls. I like and seeing some MVP questions. It, it looks like a coin flip to me. I, I think it's in Beater Jokic. Um, Giannis, again, there's still more games left, but he would really have to do something insane at this point to get himself back in. So as you start to look at some of those straw polls, try to think of what happens to those Giannis voters. Do some of those Giannis voters feel like they become Embiid voters? They become Jokic voters? Because, again, I think if anything solidified over the last couple of days, it's Embiid or Jokic. I lean towards Embiid at this point, but it feels like a coin flip. Yeah, it's a coin flip, and it's like the, the two factors are where do the Giannis voters end up? if they truly were Giannis voters and where does, you know, like, is there truly this, you know, this supposed fatigue of, Hey, do we really want to make a guy who's had very little like postseason success, put him in this rarefied air with these absolute freaking legends of the game who had, I mean, uh, what was, what was it? Bird and, Bird, Will? Russell, 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 and Wilt, and Chamberlain. So those guys did have some championships, I believe. If you look back at some of the Celtics uh, postseason, or I'm not going to fact check this either. I do think the Celtics <laughs> uh, did win some championships. I feel like Bird was. Uh, I don't know about that, Andy. Bird was in some uh, playoff games uh, during his career as well. So Larry Bird also finished second three times at MVP. God, I just want to watch. Uh, What's the name of the show? I want to watch Winning Time again. I've queued up for about a week. I'm going back. They do such a good job with Larry Bird. So, um, how did MVP? How did MJ not win three straight MVPs? Uh, He he probably would have if he he took two years off in the in the middle of like the most dominant run ever. Like, also, yeah, he was mean to media people at at the end, and for some reason they spited him and gave it to Carl freaking Malone. If you and if yeah, if you're part of the hey, I live in Houston, you should be thanking him because like hey, you got some championships. Like that was a really good team. Don't want to take away from the dream and the dream shake, but Jesus Christ, like like Keep what a gift. Welcome Houston. You're yeah, welcome. What what a gift. So uh speaking of Houston, we had to Houston for an actual good segue here by Andy for the final four. In NRG Stadium, and we'll have a couple of pretty good games Nerd. closely lined. Uh, I did end up on, I did end up on a favorite and a dog in this one. I'm looking at a total as well, but basically just chasing the steam with SDSU. And I don't know. I still have a soft spot in my heart from the season they had during the COVID year where they didn't get to play in the tournament. But I don't. I cannot look at anything. And tell you why FAU has been this good. Like I, I get, I get it. I, I, I understand why they've played this well and how they've taken it to this next level. But like, if you give me this matchup a month ago, I don't know. I'm making like I'm making San Diego State on a neutral like a four. So I'm fine. There's been a little bit of steam. This is pushed out to two and a half, or excuse me, three at a few places. You can still get a decently priced two and a half. I'm on that. But much more interested in the nightcap, the later game, the Miami UConn game. UConn clearly the best team left in the tournament. Miami clearly has a fatal flaw in their defense. This is, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to say it. Miami is the best offense left. I think so. I think this can be the best offense. And yes, their defense is just uh, a bit of a, a bit of a drop off, as you will, from some of the teams that we traditionally see as far as defensive efficiency into the final four. 
but they've been so good in the second half. I am betting Miami five and a half, and I will not be afraid to add on to that position at halftime because they've been so good in these second halves. They have like a plus 45, plus 50, something like that as far as just overall second half uh, you know, margin of victory. They've been so good with their second half adjustments. I do believe they have the better coach. Honestly, I'd kind of like to see him win and ride off into the sunset. He's like 75 years old. So I will be backing the fight in Larinagas at a uh, dog price. Probably take a little bit on the money line as well. So, yeah, that's not a bad thought, Kevin Hilmers. UConn first half Miami, second half double result. Uh, we are in Houston, the home the of double the double result. The home of the double result. So, yeah, UConn. Uh, It'd be nice to nice to say happy trails to UConn. I'm sorry that you have them 60 to 1, and I'm just cheering against them, Kevin. But uh I'm yeah, I'm looking for Miami to make make a game of it in the second half there. That'd be an awful lot of fun if we had a another strong performance by the Hurricanes in the second half. And uh speaking of Miami, I don't know if you actually bet the Miami game, but they have a uh, they have a team. They baseball. do have a team. Do a little baseball yeah. yet today. Because it wouldn't yeah, be super it, show. Wouldn't be super show if we didn't actually. do like five different sports. Uh, it's unfortunate. There is a game in Miami today. I'm not. I don't have it on my card. I did. I did try and throw it together a personal, just like favorites, uh, run line plus money parlay on my own. That's not going to be what I'm talking about here. Um, two games. Both of them are laid down. Unfortunately, there's only like four or five games on the slate because the MLB does that to be day after opening day off for the, with the exception of a couple teams in case there's some bad weather so they can push it back and not have to really worry about the schedule. Um, but two places where I don't think we're going to have to, well, maybe Seattle. Uh, no, they have a retractable roof. So two places we don't have to worry about the weather, Los Angeles and Seattle. First off, the Dodgers hosting the Diamondbacks. Uh, I got the Dodgers minus at one and a half at plus 112. It is Dustin May on the mound for the Dodgers. He is a uh, had Tommy John last year. He came back towards the end, was open to starts. He's going to be a very good pitcher for him, but really it's going to, it's his first season, first full season in a year and a half here coming off Tommy John. I think there's going to be a little bit of a, a develop a feeling out process for him coming back from that. Going up against Diamondbacks and Merrill Kelly. Um, Merrill Kelly's been shelled by the Dodgers, uh, was shelled by them, I should say, last year. He went 0-5 with an ERA of 8.25 in 24 innings. So he got absolutely shelled through his five starts by the Dodgers last year. I think there's a chance they get the over by themselves, but we're just going to take the over in general and take that plus 112. And then the Mariners lane one and a half against the Guardians. Robbie Ray throwing for the Mariners tonight, and he's very boom or bust. When he's got his good stuff, he's really good. But when he's not as good, he's he can be pretty bad. But he had a pretty solid spring. Cleveland's offense is not going to be the best in the in the AL by any stretch. They're a team that gets by on pitching and defense and you know, timely hitting. And Jose Ramirez, I'll give him that. Um, but they're having Hunter Gaddis tonight, who's really a, a bullpen guy being thrown into a start because of the late injury of Tristan McKenzie, so he's out of the rotation. I think this is a tremendous uh, advantage in the pitching matchup here for Seattle. They beat Cleveland 3 to nothing last night after a gem for Luis Castillo. So I like rolling the dice with them again, minus 1.5 uh, at home against Cleveland, plus 132. Yeah, they hit for shit yesterday. Their top three went like two for 12. It was, uh, I get it's Castillo, but it's kind of expensive. Their offense is streaky, too. Like, they'll go through these hot stretches. They're not the deepest lineup. They're they're pretty good at the top. Once you get towards the bottom of it, they're not that good. So if the top of their lineup does have a night like that, where they're only two for 12, they're not producing, they're going to have a rough off. I mean, most teams will, but 
they don't really have the bottom of the order to get them by and produce as much as other teams might have. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's close it out. Like we, like we always plan to with the biggest event of the night, a women's semi, honestly, Miami's been so good. I've took in, I've tried to this freaking rain has really been kind of a bummer, although it's, it's still been really good tennis. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, men's side, what is the what do you think the price is for the men's semifinal here? Who's uh, I guess my first question? No, I mean the, the Alcaraz Sinner. I don't think it's up yet. I might I'm looking lay, at Alcaraz is minus two forty. Yeah, I might lay the the two zero price, depending on what that is. Even at a uh, juicy price, like Alcaraz is just doing the thing like he's been doing for about the last three weeks, where he's playing kind of at a different level than other people. He looks wildly annoying to play against that because like Fritz was Fritz was playing really good tennis and then it's just like oh shit you're just that much better than me right now I'm looking forward to the uh Medvedev the Medvedev matchup again hopefully on Sunday so excited about the men's side I may I may be price shopping at Alcaraz 2-0 I'm guessing I can get that at a, a fair even enough money. Price. I mean what, what's minus 240 like minus 110 for 2-0 I just looked at it. it's about even money for 2-0 Okay. All right. That's my men's side bet. Nothing on the the all Ruski, um, the all Ruski semifinal. Like Medvedev should make really short work of Hatchinoff. I'm guessing he's probably about minus five hundred in that one. That's not something I'd want to be getting involved with just because I don't know if I I don't know if I like laying the games and something like that. I think Medvedev might be kind of coasting in the second set. Just comfort maybe maybe a comfortable tiebreak win over hatching up there in the first we'll see how that goes but it should be medvedev getting getting uh getting the spaniard again and interesting news before we get to your place did you see i'm sure you did that wimbledon will be letting everybody play again as long as they're not assholes basically if anyone remembers that neutrality agreement yeah it's, it's basically it's the What's the movie? What's the dazed and confused? You got to sign yeah. the you got to <laughs> sign the paper saying you're committed to the football team. I think it's basically like unless you come out and say I stand with Putin, I think we should be grinding our heel into these Ukrainian bastards. Like, like unless you're that guy, you're going to be allowed to play Wimbledon as a Russian player. And most of the Russian players have been like, "Hey, I'm just a tennis player. I don't even live in Russia." Like I'm, I'm not involved in this. I'm not part of the war effort. Like this is, you know, a pretty, pretty compartmentalized with that sort of thing. So it will seem like we'll be able to get our top Russian and Belarusian players into Wimbledon, which is, it's nice. It's similar to what we're seeing next week at Augusta. Like, Hey, I want Cam Smith. I want Dustin Johnson. I want those live guys at Augusta. Same kind of thing in a obviously way different context, but it should be. It's good for the sport to have all your top players. So good for Wimbledon for trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's it should be a lot of fun. And again, it's you follow the show and you follow tennis and all. Some of your very best players are Russian and Belarusian. So it'll be nice to finally have everybody at Wimbledon. Kevin asked, "Do I bet on doubles?" Um, not really. No, it's doubles requires. It's hard to find good data on doubles. It requires a lot of watching and things like that. I like doubles. Doubles is one of my favorite forms to watch. I bet it in. There's like a six to eight week season for world team tennis. If you're mm. familiar, I can't remember if I bet something on the show. I think I did at one point, but it's just a mess. And I like betting some of the doubles there. But yeah, doubles is fun. I just haven't wrapped my head around. I know our buddy Vinny does, and I'm not quite sure how. 
Yeah, he he gets into that. There's probably softer lines. If you do get good at doubles, I'm guessing you'll just get limited. I've seen that with even even good books like Bookmaker. I know they've limited some people who are just like, hey, I'm crushing, you know, all challenger and all doubles, and I'm not betting into major markets. Like, yeah, well, you're not going to be betting into those much anymore. So it's probably a fun niche one that you could find some decent lines on if you spent the time digging up data. But yeah. uh Good one tonight, and I'm your bet worries me. I, I don't know which way you're going with this. Is this a one-way traffic, or no matter what happens, you think it could be a, a quicker first? This is this is an interesting bet for sure. Yeah, so we bet a lot of first sets, and it's usually over, but I'm going the other way here. The Petrika Vitova Sirona Kirstea match has a total of 20. I can't get close to that number, especially if we're looking at a two-set match here. Um Kvitova has played some longer sets here. So has Kirstea. But these are two women that have played each other about seven or eight times. And again, not that I look at head-to-head a lot, but it's consistent. The results, they play about once or twice every year, honestly, it seems like. it. It's kind of the same match. Six twos, six ones, occasionally some six threes in the first. And again, these really quick sets, which, um, you know, given the strength of both players, their ability to return kind of makes sense to me. I mean, I am a little surprised that I was going back and looking and didn't see some longer sets for either woman, but it just the total of 22, it just looked wrong to me. I had this at a cheap 21 and a half, maybe an expensive 21. So as I started looking at some of the derivatives, this under eight and a half price looks awesome. Anything plus 200 or better, there's even a plus 210 out there if you look hard enough. It just basically we need 6-2, 6-1, 6-0. And again, I, I think the match is pretty even, Andy, to your point. I don't think it's one-way traffic really either way. But if this match goes two sets, it's definitely going under that 22. But I think it's going to be competitive enough to get us to three. So I'm just going to look at, at set unders here. Um, you can find the first set under. I'll be watching the match live this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And no matter what the first set does, I'm going to be making this bet again in the second set if I can get plus 200 on it and the third set if I have a chance at it. Yeah, so I just think we're going to see much quicker sets than what the market is evaluating. It's the perfect time of year for this analogy too and if the glass slipper finally comes off for kirstea like she could get just run you know in a first set like that if it just it's not there all of a sudden i don't know how she's been doing this or i can see it the other way too and i love kvitova i don't understand how she plays tennis with those like she's she's like 80 percent leg like her waist <laughs> her waist is like high i don't she's very very long legs but really i don't know able to get to a lot of balls so i'll be watching that one with you and you got one over just is this i'm 90 percent sure this is the same person we bet uh a couple days ago okay yeah go back to mexico again the smaller tournament it might be listed as a 125k at your book it might be listed as um, a challenger event but they're playing clay tennis not a lot of matches i've liked this week again it's tough to make that change um, haven't watched all these players at hard court. Again, generally don't like betting women on surface chains. But um, Elizabeth DeCocciaretta, a woman that we bet uh, quite a bit in hard court season, is a minus 230 favorite over Tamara Zidancic. And a match that I closer to minus 150, plus 150 either way. This should be a really tight match here. Um, you know, both women, again, pretty solid on clay. Overall results for last year, um, much better for Cocciaretta. Again, I could see her being the favorite, but... Uh, again, not anywhere near the price I'm looking at here. So plus 170 or better here on Zidancic, which you can find just about everywhere. It looks like a nice play. Again, not going to touch the set. It's plus four. Uh, it's set the game spread. It's plus four minus 125 or plus three and a half. I have no interest in that on clay. Um, those matches very rarely end up mattering in terms of an underdog spread. So just give me the, the dog there. A first set under and again, under folks, not over. And Tamara Zidancic.
Matt, give me a white sock to hit a home run. What's your uh, catcher's what's your catcher's name? Yeah, it was Monty Grandal. He hit one last night. Oh man, he just looks so I think he was still angry about letting the wild pitch past him that let the first run in. Because he just he really you know took it out on that ball. That was a no doubt. Let me I'm I'm gonna pull I wanna pull up home rods because I wanna see what they are um for, for people to hit a home run tonight. But I got one for you. Let's go with where is it? Oscar Colas at plus seven fifty. He's a rookie. Uh, didn't start last night because he was going going up against a tough lefty, but he came in um, when Framber Valdez left. He had a base hit up the middle that the exit velocity was 109, and then his next at bat, he took one to the warning track just short of a home run. He's a big left-handed power hitter, uh, had a, a quite a few home runs in spring training, looked really good, and has looked apart uh, in his first two at-bats. Plus 750 against the Ranger. I think he's going to be in the starting lineup tonight like right it. field. If that hits, you owe me uh, you owe me another another sporting event. Yeah, I'll uh, well, I'll buy you something. I'll be down in Chicago next week. We'll be doing a little party and uh, all right, cool. And yeah, my favorite thing on the internet yesterday was the Roto Grinders, uh, those automated accounts that just tweet out like when a home run is hit. This mm-hmm. one now has the odds at the end of it for a home run to be hit by that player. And people in the comments who don't like sports betting are so mad. Like just un- I've unfollowed like like those the the three numbers with a plus sign after it. Yeah. Just, why do why do it's, why do those people care so much? Uh, they're very mad about it. It's honestly I've been clicking on the comments on most of those home runs to see how mad people are. It's very fun. So hopefully some more fun tonight. Some more bombs. I'll watch a little baseball, a little tennis, a little b ball. Looking forward to the final four. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Thanks for your insights, Alex. Thanks for your production, Dan. And thanks for joining us. Everybody hit the thumbs up on the way out. We'll see you Monday. I forgot that.